Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live. Today's guest is Michelle Musi. I asked Michelle to come back because after talking about just a very full love life, just to say the least, um, and and you can go look on, yes, you can go look on the on the website and the YouTube site to see that if you'd like to. I'm sure you would. Um, very interesting woman with a very interesting view of life in terms of sweethearts. And after somehow after the last one we spoke and she talked about, well, you say what it was, Michelle, you say, you say hello and then talk about the spiritual side of things and how you phrased it that got me running back right to you. Uh, okay, hi, Janet. It's so hi. great to be back with you. This is so much fun. So the last time we spoke, we talked about my uh, love capades, which is the name of my podcast, right. and so many of my love affairs through the years. But one of them that we kind of landed on was um, about a past life experience I had with my very first high school boyfriend. Oh, really? So I didn't know that that was about it. Would you just start right in and talk about that? I mean, as much as you care to share about the boyfriend and what happened and what past life? Well, it is this story, I think, could make a fascinating full-length movie, to be honest. I'm sure so, it could. Let's try it out here first. <laughs> really and truly, this is a wild hair story, but That's it's fun. totally true. Okay. And let me just say that before this whole thing was un excavated, uncovered by my therapist, I didn't believe in past lives or reincarnation. But this one particular story completely convinced me that it's the real deal. So let me just start it. So in high school, my very first boyfriend, Bobby, we, we dated for basically my whole high school life. And the relationship has lasted until this day. So it's a long and winding story. Can you, but, can you give us a short path to it just to enter okay, in? Well, we, we dated in high school. Then uh, I went off to college and he went into the army. He wanted to marry me at the time. I said, no way, Jose, I'm going to Stanford. You're going in the army. But he circled back and I actually got pregnant when I was graduating from Stanford. Bobby was the culprit. And so that's one episode. But let me, let me just leap into this past life thing. Because Bobby and my, and my relationship as I said, has wound, wound through my entire life. Okay, so in the late 80s, I had a therapist named Linda Alfano, and she was very talented, very creative, and she used two particular techniques that were incredible. The first one is called Creative Source, which is a muscle testing system that accesses your inner truth, and that technique proved to be incredibly helpful in my life. But the other thing she did was past life regression work. And this was new to me. She suggested we try it and I was quite skeptical, but she explained that it would um, make my current life situations and, and issues, it would, it would clarify them. So I said, okay, let's give it a go. And she did it through hypnosis. Oh, so that's she, what I was going to ask. How do you access that? Yeah, so she would hypnotize me and take me back into this deep inner place. And the most astonishing things 
would reveal themselves. So, okay, so the first time we tried it, there was this humdinger of a story that, that appeared. Okay, Bobby and I evidently had been married in the life just before this one. We were very young. He was madly in love with me. So we married and then I very quickly became pregnant. In the past life. In this past life. But it also happened in this life. But well, that's, in the why, that's why I'm asking to clarify. Yeah, that. To, you're right to clarify. So in this past life, um, I became pregnant. We were very, very young. And he decided he did not, did not want to share me with the baby. He just wanted me. So he went to a, uh, a midwife and got her to give him a potion that would abort the baby. So he was going to slip me a Mickey and the baby would go bye-bye. But guess what? Michelle went bye-bye. It killed me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. And instead of me by surprise. Instead of the baby. So there I was, you know, death by husband. And this is in the most recent past lifetime. Okay. So then I come out of the regression. I'm back to consciousness. And Linda says to me, well, that's pretty fascinating. That sort of explains your convoluted relationship, doesn't it? And then she said, but for you to be able to move forward in your life, you have to forgive him for this horrible thing he did. Was that a surprise to you, that viewpoint? Yeah, I went, forgive him. And she said, and you cannot do it in a letter. You have to, you have to tell him, you have to speak it to him. Okay. Uh, oh, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him up and tell him that he killed me in a last Oh, oh so wait a minute. So you're going to call him up, Bobby, in your present life and say, I just I, I forgive, forgive you. you for what you did in my past life. And you have no indication that he has any feel for a past life. Exactly. Oh, that, that could mark you as a lunatic, that phone call. It, well, I thought, I said, Linda, he's going to think I'm a complete nut job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, yes. This is, I mean, this sounds preposterous, Janet, but it is so true. And wait till you hear what happened. Okay. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to believe this. Okay. So, you know, a few days go by and I'm thinking, how am I going to deal with this? And by the way, at this point in time, John was on to his, excuse me, Bobby was on to his third wife named Martha. And there's a whole other part of this which people can listen to in the podcast love capades but i won't i won't veer off the track only because we don't have enough time Other i know, we'll I know. okay so i decide all right i'm gonna call him up and i'm gonna try try to do this so i dial the number they live in chicago the the wife martha answers the phone and i said is john home no, Bobby, I'm you mean Bobby. Excuse me, Bobby. I'm, oh, I'm okay. I'm gonna want to know who John is later, but we can go back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bobby, Bobby is not here. He's on business in California. Oh. I said, all right. She said, who is this? I said, oh, it's a friend from high school. Uh, would you give him the message? And of course, I thought to myself, she is never going to give him the message. No. How do you phrase that message so that she'd get it? Uh -huh, go ahead. Yeah. I said, well, just have him call me. That's better. Right. All right. So then about three days later, I'm sitting in my office 
and the phone rings. It's Bobby. And he starts off the conversation with the th three most incredible questions. Listen to these questions. Number I one, uh, are you going to tell me that somebody died? That was question number one. Number two, are you mad at me for something I did? Ooh. Oh my goodness. Number three, right down the rope. Uh -huh. yeah, number three, and when did this happen? Well, those three questions already signaled that he knew somewhere inside what I was going to do, what I was going to tell him. What did you tell him? I was flabbergasted, Janet. So I, I had to take a step back and I thought, I can't reveal this on the telephone. Oh, and then he blurted out something that really, really was amazing. He said, you know, last Friday afternoon, I drove by your house, but didn't stop. That was exactly the time I was being regressed. I, I, I knew you were gonna say that. He was driving by my house. All right, so then I said, well, Bobby, the deal is I was gonna discuss something with you on the phone, but now I see that I have to do this in person. He said, well, I'll be back in California in a few weeks. Okay, so fast forward, we meet at a local watering hole. We're sitting in a booth, it's dark. There's a low hanging light and here we are. And I have to somehow tell him the story. I was, you know, very nervous because I expected he would, he would say I was crazy. Naturally. Naturally. Right. So I just, I, I thought, I just sucked it up. And I just started telling him the story. He was as quiet as a church mess. And at some level, I came to understand that he believed it because it had happened. And so after I finished, he said, well, that's interesting. And I knew that he believed me. But then do you, do, you think, do you think his believing you at that point gave him some, I mean, I had a phrase this really, some indication that that's why he was so just avidly after you in high school and just had to get you? Absolutely, Janet. You using up his own. You, you just nailed it. He came, he came into my life in this lifetime because he knew he had to make amends. That's what it, that's what it sounds like. Because I remember yeah. talking yeah. in the last love letters, how, how, you know, determinedly he was after you. Right. So he is. And continued to be my whole, has continued. Okay. Well, go ahead with. Present. All right. I'm so, sorry. so I knew that he had. I'm cashing in on your memory lane. I don't mean to do that. It's okay. okay. Anyway. So, so then he blurts out, you know, Martha is about ready to leave me because we cannot conceive a child and she wants children. Oh. And I said, well, Bobby, you know, I forgive you for killing me. <laughs> How nice that you could like slip it in that way with a little bit of humor once you're good on it. I knew that it was not only going to be good for him, but it was really going to be good for me to forgive sure. him. Sure. 
because forgiveness is such a powerful and amazing. Oh, it is. And I want to say that when you forgive somebody, when you let somebody else off the hook, right? You're letting yourself off the hook because you are on that same, you're on that same hook. Exactly. Go ahead, darling, finish up. Okay. So that's what he tells me that his wife is going to leave him at this point. And so that was sort of the end. So he leaves and the funniest thing happened next. What? Okay. So about two months later, I am going to the movies one night with my friends and it's a dark theater and I'm trying to find a seat. So I'm, you know, sneaking along the aisle and all of a sudden I sit down and there's this squeal. Ah! Well, it turns out I was sitting by mistake on Barbara, who was Bobby's first wife. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, this is crazy. So Barbara just, says, just oh, you think it can't get any weirder. I know it, it just keeps going and going. So but Barbara says, oh, it's you, Michelle. Now, just to clue you in. So Barbara and I would see each other from time to time and always share Bobby gossip. So she says, oh, do I have a story for you? So I sit down next to her and she says, you're not going to believe this. Martha is pregnant. Oh. So what I realized in that moment was my forgiving him allowed the universe to give them a child. Okay, let's let's uh, let's let's talk more. Okay, <laughs> because um, you indicated last time that well, I, somehow we got onto the concept of putting it out there that you were waiting for your next and truest love to come into your life. Yes, and. I want you to talk about that. What does putting it out there mean to you? And does, is this going to be related to Bobby in any way whatsoever? Now that he's going to be a father, he's not going to come back to you. Well, <clears throat> I'm guessing. My relationship with Bobby, I have come to realize over the years, was uh, very intense, very complicated because we had this incredible karma, which had to be resolved. Yes. What I realized is he was he is not my soulmate. He he came into this life because we had to resolve this karma. Okay. Um, so Bobby is not the love of my current life. He's, okay. he's not my soulmate. However, I have to tell you, Janet, there are other past lives that we excavated. This first one is fascinating, but there are others. So one of them, just very briefly, was I was in love. I was uh, living in a chateau in France in the 1700s and I was a servant maid and the son of the of the manor son of the chateau uh, owner and I were madly in love and having this love affair and I was happy as a clam at high tide even though I was a maid so that was one life another very happy life was I was married to a German lumberjack and we lived in a cottage in a forest in Germany. We had three children. It was a very simple life, but a very happy life. And I, in that lifetime, had red hair. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I adore red hair. Uh -huh. And I know that all of my angels have red hair. Isn't that something? In fact, I even became a redhead for three years. But it was too high maintenance, so I gave it up. 
So that was one life, but the next lifetime is also over the, over the moon, incredibly fascinating. I was the princess, the daughter of a Maasai chief on the Serengeti plain. And the nasty father impregnated me. Oh. And because of the uh, stigma of incest, I was banished to live in a, in a cave by myself. Wait, wait, how was that incest? It wasn't your relative. It was my father. Oh, I'm sorry, you said nasty father. I thought you meant the Maasai's nasty father. Well, my father was the chief of the Maasai tribe. Oh, in this path, uh -huh. in this okay. The nasty father who impregnated me. Okay, and then he banished me to a, to a cave. Well, the only person in that life who would come and speak to me was this young warrior whom I know in this lifetime to be a lender that I have befriended and known for years and years named Gus Mendy. So he was the same character from that past lifetime that I know in this lifetime. So, okay, so in the end, I committed suicide because I was devastated, you know, I was banished, I was devastated, I was alone. All right, now, uh, fast forward to 1994, I go on safari to Kenya and Tanzania on a Stanford uh, safari trip. The day that we were traveling along in our Range Rover on the Serengeti, I instantly knew the place where I had been. My whole body started to vibrate. So I knew where it happened in that other lifetime. So you were in Kenya at, at this point. I was in Kenya mm -hmm. and we were on safari and we were on the Serengeti plane. Okay, so that later that day, we all, as, as the group ends up in this lovely hotel and I went into the gift shop. Gee, that's not a surprise. I love to shop. And I bought what is called a kufi hat, which is one of those little pillbox hats mm -hmm. that, that they wear. And so at dinner that night, I gussied myself up and put on my kufi hat. We arrive in the dining room and the maitre d', an African gentleman, took one look at me and went <gasps> and bowed to me. He said, you look like a, uh, the queen of the tribe. He was, he was relating to my being a princess in the Maasai tribe and the other Wait, So he is, he is saying to you, you look the queen, like the queen of some Maasai tribe. Yes. Even yes. though you've got pale skin and silver hair and yes. in reality. Yes. And, and I'm sending off this vibration from his past life and he's picking it up. Well, because souls have no color. I mean, so, souls, when you're talking soul yeah, to soul, exactly. Exactly. the outside is not relevant. Yeah, exactly. It's a vibrational thing. Yes. Anyway, so let me just say this. I am totally a believer in past lives because my past lives are so real and so uh, evocative. And I've, you know, I've come to know that almost everybody uh, I've ever been with, I've had past lives with. Yeah. So fast forward to upcoming episodes in, in the podcast. 
In fact, episode 14, which comes out this Friday, is all about this in greater detail. Okay, so let's just take a little, little, a little swerve for a minute and let people know that if you want to keep up and learn more about Michelle and her present life and her eighth grade life and her life in 1700, uh, you're, you're one of the, turns out one of the busiest people I know. I don't know how you managed to be such a successful business person as well, but I mean, with all that you have to do, um, <laughs> listen, listen to, tune in to Michelle's podcast, yeah. Love Capades, and you can go find that. Right. It's spelled L-O-V-E capital C-A-P-D-E-S. And of Capades podcast, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever yeah. you get your podcast. And there is also a Facebook page, which has really fun pictures. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll hope that people will find all this. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a question. Um, I just want to ask you something because you know I'm about the power of love letters. And I had a gift and, and talking about, you know, somehow inviting by putting it out there. How are you putting it out there that you're waiting for your real true love to come to you? How are you putting it out there as they say, putting it out there? It, well, I think I, I, we, we chatted about this briefly in our first uh, encounter, our first uh, appearance. And that is that when I know something to be true, when I believe it with all my heart, what I do is trust that the universe is receiving that message, is receiving that, if you want to put it this way, the order I'm placing with the universe. Yes. Well, so let me ask you something. Do you do you do anything out loud? Do you do, or is this just all internal? This is all inside. You know, I mean, I, if I have a belief in something uh, and, I, and I just know it's going to happen, then it happens. Okay, and so it's got nothing to do with prayer. You don't need to be involved in prayer. No, it, I mean, it's not really prayer. It's just a very strong knowing, a very I have, strong belief. I have a Let thought. me give you a, a very practical example of this. Please. Okay. So in the year 2000, um, I had a uh, BMW, that I, a red BMW that I used, but I kept seeing this periwinkle purple Mercedes convertible driving around town. And I love purple. And I wanted, uh, at that time, I wanted to get a convertible. So I called up my friend who was a salesman at Smythe European in Santa Clara, which was the Mercedes dealership at the time. And I said, Tony, I want the CLK, the periwinkle one with the purple top. And he started to laugh at me. I said, why are you laughing? He said, because it'll take two years to get that car. Uh -huh. I said, no, it won't. I said, call me when you get it. And I hung up the phone. So I knew that I was going to get that car. Three weeks later, he called and said, it's here. My goodness. Okay. Okay. So that's how it works. I mean, the same thing happens with me and parking. I know that I'm going to get a parking place in front of wherever I'm going. It always works because I'm sure of it. Yes, I have I've, I've often said, I would like to upgrade my parking karma for men karma. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I have a thought about this. And I don't know if it's something that would appeal to you. I happen to love it personally. <laughs> yeah. Again, and it wasn't even my own creation. A, a Love Letters guest of many years ago was talking about 
you know, wanting the, the love of her life to walk. Anyway, we talked about this. And then we got to the point in the episode where I say, well, who gets your love letter today? You know, I always ask that. And she said, I want to write to the man who is going to come in my life and to my life and be my truest love. And she did. And what it involved, and I just wondered if this appealed to you, it's a, it's, it's a love letter, dear love of my life. And she went on to describe every wonderful quality of his, every wonderful quality of his and what she knew that he would be and everything she knew about him. She didn't put in what she wanted because it wasn't about her. It was about, you know, a good love letter somehow about the other person's wonderful. Anyway, she did that. And then the issue is, well, where do you mail it? Because, you know, what I say, a love letter. <laughs> okay, the answer was so simple. You put it in an envelope. You do it on lovely stationery, whatever kind you think he would appreciate. And you put it in an envelope. You address it to love of my life, care of Michelle Musi, your address, you stamp it, you go to the nearest mailbox and plunk it in. Wow. When it comes to you, you don't open it. Oh. You just keep it. Oh. And when he walks into your life, you simply just hand it to him. You have to date it, of course. Will, oh. you, will you do that? Janet, yes, I will. That is magical. Isn't so that? happened to your friend? Did it work? You know, I'm not, I, I don't I don't know because we lost touch a little for a while, but I think she has not found the love of her life and she has moved to some, uh, she moved from California to um, Ohio, I believe. And maybe that's where he's waiting for her. Maybe. I don't know. She's, you know, but you keep that letter for as long as it takes. And judging from your Mercedes, it might not take that long. This sounds like such a fun thing to do. And it's almost Valentine's Day. Oh, good. So do it between now and Valentine's. Okay. It'll, it'll definitely accelerate the arrival of the band that I waited for. It so, may. Oh, this oh. is exciting. I want to thank, thank you for doing this with me. I was so curious about all of this that I knew you needed to come back and tell us about it. Well, and I guess we're coming to the end of our time together today, but I just have to say that in future episodes of the Love Capades podcast, there are other examples of my past lives with current lovers in this life. Okay. So, you know, it, it, there's just no doubt. I'm, for instance, I had a past life with Raul Julia, the fabulous Puerto Rican actor. Uh -huh. That's coming up in another uh, upcoming episode. And I, so it's just, you know, once I made this discovery, thanks to Linda, the therapist, it's just, I'm convinced. There's just no doubt in my mind. I, you know, I think, personally, I think there seems to be a lot, a lot of evidence of the possibility of past lives. And considering that no matter how hard we try, we are still only human beings who can, as a rule, only grasp so much. We don't know more than we are built to know except maybe with the help of Linda, we get to go a little further, but, but even so. Well, know. I think you make a very interesting point. Many people don't arrive at this place where I feel fortunate to have arrived, but my whole life has been a spiritual journey in, in essence. And so as the years went on, I would put another piece of that, that uh, mystical puzzle in place. And so, 
you know, in the late 80s, I discovered past lives and on it goes. So it just, uh, I, I feel very blessed in this lifetime. To see where you would. Well, I want to say congratulations for not shrinking away from these possibilities. <laughs> and, and by the way, not just possibilities for you, what you know to be true. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can get when you keep your eyes and your heart open. It's true. And, and maybe, you know, our, our conversation today will make uh, some of your listeners wonder a little more uh, vehemently, more actively about whether they have had past lifetimes. And, you know, and they, might, they might be on the cusp of believing it, but maybe this pushes them over the edge. Okay, good. Push somebody into a spiritual openness and adventure is always a good thing. Yep. And when this man comes into your life, Yes. You, I don't have to be the first to know, but will you let me know? And then you'll come back maybe with him and we'll talk some more. Wouldn't that be fabulous? And I'm going to follow your suggestion about the love letter. Okay. Have a good time with it. Ha happy Valentine's day. Thank you. Same to you, honey. You just look so beautiful. Once again, <laughs> I can, and, that, and those kind of necklace is just gorgeous. Whoa, yes. You know, I love my jewels. I'm glad. All um, right, my dear. Okay. Love you. I love you too. Bye. And Bye. we'll talk later. Thank you again and again. This was so much fun. Oh, good. Bye. Bye.